turned over and I read it and I was like, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> she was reading over my Excellent. shoulder. Which, yes. Now that was a good one. That was. That was an LOL moment for us. Cause nice. It, yeah. And Excellent. And everyone tuning in has no idea what we're talking Done. about. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a media-oriented podcast about TV, video games, and movies. Not in that order. You can go to the patreon.com slash excitementinc if you wanted to subscribe. Maybe get some shout-outs. Maybe get some uh, free rent in our minds as mine tenants. That's a thing. And you can get early access to the show. If you want to help us, you know, put money towards maybe a new camera. Because if you're watching this, well, you can probably see that this is not high-tier quality. This sure ain't no fucking 4K. No, no, it's not. One it day, it might be with your patronage. We do our best. It looks like the ad ad is drinking from my water bottle, and I appreciate that. I am here for it. Yeah. I enjoy if, it. If you're watching the video. If you're watching the video, which you probably could early if you were on our Patreon. If you were on our Patreon. That being said, uh, we're going to go into it today with some television per usual um because usual? i mean i say not in that order sometimes i'm spot on and it is that order but I, I probably always say not in that order probably we have a way we go about things we do that we you know talk about this and then sometimes when big things happen like the microsoft acquisition of activision blizzard in the middle of their very tumultuous uh sexual harassment um and and uh, uh prejudice allegations Ooh. We might talk about that a lot. Probably. We didn't really get into it just because we had, we had a whole episode um, where we talked about Riot in the middle of their sexual harassment allegations. Yes. Um, and I haven't really thought to bring up the Blizzard uh, Activision one because the Blizzard Activision thing was, was uh, it, it's, it's gigantic. It is fucking massive. So amidst all our rambling that just wastes time, yeah. what is your uh, uh, watch list consist of? Well, I finished the first season of Dexter First Blood. Oh, New Blood. New Blood. Yes. Old Blood. It's, you know. Fight Blood. It's I don't know. Dexter. Bloody Blood. To Electro Boogaloo. There we go. Perfect. Electric Bloody Boogaloo. Yes. So this season has ended. It, it has ended. It's done. Yep. It's over. I watched it too. How'd you think? Is it, I, I think it was fine. I think it was fine. It was, you know, um, it was... It's really funny because a lot of the the ratings online, um, it actually got rated lower than the last season uh, series finale of Dexter. Well, that's online for um, you, though. That's a, that's online for you. That's a big thing. It's the ne- negativity of the internet that I just I deleted my apps because I don't want to pay attention to that. But <laughs> it's, I th- it's my theory uh, of the extreme ten percent. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was Dexter. It went places. It ended a little bit abruptly for my taste. And I wish they did some things a little bit differently. But outside of that, I feel like it was a much, you know, honestly, people can bitch as much as they want about how season eight ended, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, they if if they didn't end season eight the way they did, we wouldn't have gotten this season of Dexter, which, frankly, I thought was great. I thought the whole thing was was a great return to form. I thought it was yeah. a wonderful little trip down nostalgia lane. Yeah. Do you think we're getting another season? I doubt it. Me too. I mean, it, at least under the banner of Dexter, I think we're we're done. Yeah. But I believe when we were talking about it before, I kind of called it in that. And maybe I'm wrong. I haven't listened that far back in our log yet. But um, well, actually, I'm way further back, so I got to catch up. Anyway, um, 
Listening to your own shows. Listening to my own shows, yes. Just, just kind of critiquing myself and being like, Jesus Christ, Rich, quit fucking over-explaining shit to people. This is just <laughs> stupid. Shut up, Rich, shut up, Rich, shut up, Rich. And then I just I go on to the next episode, and I'm like, you did it again, you bastard. Anyway. But I, I believe I was saying that it would end with Dexter's death and his son basically carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to continue with another season, it will be Harrison carrying the torch with Dexter as the dark passenger, if you will. In his head. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I knew when I fir- I knew from the end of season four. Mm-hmm. The only way the show would end, could end, is if Dexter died. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the ending of season eight, that is exactly what I thought happened. Oh. I thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. And what we were seeing at that end where he's like in the logging thing and yeah. he's in a log cabin and shit. I interpreted that as he's dead. This is purgatory for him. Oh, yeah. Because he can't he he doesn't deserve to go to hell. He saved so many innocent lives. Got gotcha. you. But he doesn't deserve to get into heaven because, oh, my God, the blood he spilled Mm -hmm. was just, you know, so much. So he doesn't he doesn't get a good place, bad place ending. He gets the middle place. Okay, that's my that was my interpretation of the end of season eight. Yeah. And I was perfectly happy with that. You're right. Which allowed me to enjoy the show in its entirety and. Avoid all of the negativity online because I would be I would see people bitching about it, how it ended. And I was like, well, fuck you. You didn't get it. And so I was just I and I was like, you know what? Maybe you did get it. Maybe I don't get it, but I'm happy with my version. I think a lot of people want straightforward resolution um, in the way things happen. You know, Um, they kind of want things to follow a certain path and, you know, end on a certain path. And I've got my own things to say about it without, you know, diving like incredibly hard into Spoilers, it's only been about two weeks since it ended, um, right. so we don't want to go to him here, but, like, uh, I would I would have to, you know, agree. I mean, it's open to interpretation. Uh, these these forms that we critique here on the show and talk about, it's all art. Mm-hmm. Television, movies, it's like, so it's open to interpretation at all times. And Absolutely. Like, there's a reason people are so torn between The Last Jedi being good and being bad. Right. Why? Because art is open to interpretation. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. Like, I can appreciate The Last Jedi as a movie. Yes. But as a Star Wars canon movie... Well, anyway, uh, Yellow Jacket's you, finished. You felt, you felt how you felt when you walked out of that theater. Pretty much, That's yeah. all that matters. That's all it I, is I was me. like, I don't want my money back. I don't want the time of my life back. But my God, do I not want a Skywalker in another fucking Star Wars movie. <laughs> that was my, that's how, where I was at. How was, how was the end of Yellow Jackets? Yellow one? Jackets... My God, I'm ready for season two. Are you? That show is so That's, fucking. I've been seeing bits and pieces here top, and there, man. just here and there, and it seems like a much more modern, much more HBO, you know, pre- premium television type of Lost. It really, really looks like that to me, and I'm totally here for it. I've just been waiting for it to end so I can watch it all at once. Okay, so that and that's totally fair. Um, you're. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. Yeah. I loved it. I was well, like, holy, I mean, my wife was like, oh, holy fuck. We need to correct me if I'm wrong. Like the allure of yellow jackets. And this is like just a guess off the top of my head based on, you know, the little things I've seen about it. Every time a question gets answered, you get three new questions and you're like, well, what the fuck? 
every answer you get to a question has an implication that really leads into more mystery and also at the same time opens up a wider world or a wider aspect of the things that might have happened on the island well i don't recall one question getting answered yeah at all yeah every episode was just another layer of what the fuckery just as the season progressed it was like okay that just raised more questions so what's going to happen next episode and then we watched the next episode it was like that just raised even more questions yeah there's there's no end to this what is going on sounds like lost on crack (laughs) I, i based on what i've seen of lost you're absolutely right i have no idea I don't know. It, yeah. I can't tell you, but it's really fucking good. It and there's a special bit to it to me that I don't think my wife really appreciated as much as I did. Christina Ricci. Oddly enough, no. Okay, continue. The soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because the this show is taking place now, but it's about this um, high school soccer team that crashed in the mountains and was lost for 18 to 20 months before they were found. So this plane crash happened in the middle of, you know, wherever. And whoever survived, survived on their own until they were discovered. And we're seeing them 25 years later. All of the girls on the soccer team were class of 1996, mm-hmm. which is the year I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So all of the music mm-hmm. that they are listening to, that they are playing, that Nirvana, no doubt, is all the shit that was huge. My yeah. senior year, George Strait, Alan Jackson. Oh fuck <laughs> yourself! No, but it was a lot of Eve's Plum, uh, Veruca Salt, um, the Cranberries, Cranberries, Violent Femmes. Just nice. It was a. It's a very Rob Zombie. Very good soundtrack, and there's some Nine Inch Nails in there. There's just it's. It's pretty much the top 30 of the alternative charts from okay. the 90s. It's and, a nice little nostalgia trip for you. And for me, I was, I'm was i sitting there singing along, and my wife is like looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, honey, you are not that much older than me. How did you miss the bus on this? Yeah. And then I realized. She was listening to TLC. Exactly. Mary J. Blige, exactly. She was in a completely <laughs> different <laughs> demographic. So she was all about that 90s R&B, whereas I'm like, oh. Oh, oh sure. that's just that's just wasting my time. I need, <laughs> I need the alternative. I need the new wave. I need all that. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, the soundtrack for me was fucking killer. Gotcha. And I was digging it. Another show that I've been watching lately that I'm really digging the fu- soundtrack. The soundtrack to it is fucking fire. Okay. Misfits. 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 Now you have been talking to me about misfits for a while now. Yes. And um, I'm finally starting to call Klaus Nathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ain't Klaus. He's not Klaus. He is not Klaus. He is definitely Nathan. He's not yes. Klaus from Umbrella Academy. No, but he is. But he isn't. Yes. Um. No. And I'm. I'm glad. You know. We got, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. But do you know what his power is now? I do know what his power is. How now. do you like that? Did you start season two? I did as well. Yeah. Yep. Did you? Did you? How far did you get? Um. He. Just had his dad buy him breakfast. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That's season two-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, 
one of my favorite things is um you know what i did when i played borderlands 3 hmm. um i was beastmaster nice and i when i was going through my skill tree looking at the the skills for borderlands 3 i thought wow i can have my jabber monkey um my jabberwocky come and uh he can revive me nice so <laughs> i named him barry excellent and every time i went down i said save me barry <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And now you know why. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, actually the last thing we saw was the doppelganger. Ooh, that was a yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, the the fun bit for me and for um, the wife really was uh, the uh, drug that flipped everybody's power. Yes. And so the one dude flashed far into the future. Yes. And then the other, the other guy is all of a sudden the center of attention. Mm. Everybody's into him. Everybody's mm. watching him. They do a lot of fun it's, things with this show. It's it's super cool. Have you seen the Halloween episode yet? Not yet. Nope. It's a good one. I wish I could talk to you. About all right. It, you know what? Once I get there, we'll talk about that'll it. That'll be yeah. Nope. Um. Everyone watch Misfits. Yes. It's, it's long over. It's, I mean, I'm gonna warn you ahead of time now. Um. And I don't know. Maybe you'll feel differently based on the way you felt about Dexter. But, um. I feel like it really loses steam. Um, I barely got through season three, but I have not seen the entirety of Misfits for seasons four and five. Okay. Cool. I will. Uh, I will hopefully get through that with the wife. Yeah. Get all the way. Also, through it. it wasn't all out yet, and that was kind of a thing as well. Is that I didn't bother to return to it after right. I watched, uh, you know, mostly faltering season three, and then you know I started season four and just didn't give a shit anymore. Okay. And then there's a point at that point, you know, with Game of Thrones on TV, right? Uh, right. Breaking Bad ending, I just didn't, you know. What right. I mean? Yeah. 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 And the uh, the the fun bit is, I'm almost like I'm sitting there watching season one, and I'm thinking to myself, I really hope Christie's enjoying this. I really hope Christie's into this. I really hope Christie's into this mm-hmm. because I'm into this, and I want to keep watching it. I yes. want to finish this show. I really hope Christie's into this. I really hope Christie's into this. End of season one. Season one, final episode, finishes, credits roll. It's like nine o'clock at night, typically bedtime for us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, we can't stop here. We got to watch the next one. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, we're yeah. in. We're in. We're doing this. Nice. All right. So at that point, I was like, all right, she's hooked. She's hooked for the entirety. Well, with the we're season good. one ending like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch Misfits, everybody. Yes. Anyway, the other show, and this is the fun thing for me, is that these last three shows here, are abs- the soundtracks are absolute fire for me. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying them not just for the content, but also for the music. I have gotten midway through season two, almost to season three, of Sex Education. Yes, which I finished. Which you finished. They have, yeah. How is it so end for mid- you? Midway of season three, you, you're in. You said or? no, season two. Midway season, of season two. two. Okay, no, it was good. Good. Uh, n- yeah, not much else to say about that because I mean, I, this would be like the fourth podcast in a row talking about right. sex education. I already said it was good. Um, I blasted through through season three, and it's a lot of it is like is just bittersweet. Um, you know, character development in the way that like you're excited to see things happen, but then other things happen. You're like, oh come on. So um, is it is it done then, or is there more coming? No, they've renewed it for a fourth season, I do believe. Okay. And, uh, yeah, remains to 
be seen when because of the you know state of society we're in right but um it's again it's just great it's amazing as it you know is as it pertains to the way sex education should be treated yep it's incredibly funny and a lot of the characters are incredibly endearing in fact i told you you had to text me and say what the fuck and i was like yeah it's my favorite character and you were like really (laughs) i'm like oh yeah yeah which i mean at this rate you might have heard the the line pansexual does that mean you love pans and pots or something <laughs> <laughs> i did hear that line yeah, yeah that yes. made me laugh so fucking hard yes it's a funny show and everyone needs to watch it i mean it, and it's relevant right now because it's brand new on netflix yep it's good stuff yeah enjoy it so that's been the majority of my watch list i believe let me see what else did i watch i mean if i've watched anything else i think that's it what have you been watching oh well i've i here's the deal something happened and um in our pop culture society that steered me in the direction of wanting to see some TV that I missed back in the day. Uh, that was the release of the third season of Daredevil on Netflix. Oh, nice. Which I never watched because when um, Marvel would uh, said that the, uh, Disney's Marvel said, we're going to take back the rights to um, Daredevil and the Defenders, which is Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones, they promptly canceled all the shows. Right. Um, oh, and that included Punisher, actually, for that matter. Um, and Which I watched Punisher. Punisher was good. I didn't watch the second season of that. I didn't watch the third season of Jessica Jones, and I didn't watch the third season of Daredevil because I didn't want to get invested in right. characters, arcs, and portrayals that Mm -hmm. weren't canon anymore. And a big part of that was me being bitter because of how much I fucking loved Matt Cox as Daredevil. I loved Vincent D'Onofrio as as Kingpin. Oh, yeah. And after Kevin Feige announced, like, Matt Cox is still Daredevil. Don't worry. Vincent Mm D'Onofrio is still Kingpin. Don't worry. I thought, okay, well, you know, I guess I can, you know, get reinvested in these characters and then not to mention some other things coming to light if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man or Hawkeye TV show. That being said... I, I was like, you know what, let's, let's go. I was like, you know, there's a, I, I told Sarah, I was like, there's a season three we never watched of, of Daredevil. And she was like, oh, okay. And we watched it. And I feel like an actual idiot for sleeping on season three of Daredevil. Oh, yeah? Because there's, you kind of like watch it and you think, well, TV shows rise and they get better and better sometimes. And you watch season one, of course, that was great. You watch season two, which came out just before the Defenders did. De- Defenders was very ho hum. Okay. Um, but you like the must watch of all of the Daredevil timeline is still season one, season two, Defenders, and then season three. And you kind of think to yourself, well, what is, you know, how could they beat Defenders? And Defenders wasn't very good. So I had multiple reasons for not watching it. That being said, uh, season three of Daredevil is the best uh, Marvel television show made on Netflix. All right. Period. All right. You would think, how could it be season one? How could it be season two with the Punisher's involvement, Elector's involvement? It fucking does. All right. Big time. And it's still only with the core cast plus one new character who um, doesn't become the villain he is until the end of the the season technically but you get to see his descent into madness and villainy the same way you got to see matt's rise into um righteousness justice and heroicness that being said it is very much and i hate to make this comparison because it's everything deserves its own everything deserves its own you know 
um, um, right to be independent in its own way, right? Recognized for its own how it does things. Um, yeah. But there's a reason we, we call it and refer it to this because of how effective it was and how it was the first time our villain uh, our villains won and our heroes got the shit beat out of them. But Daredevil Season 3 is very much The Empire Strikes Back of the series. But it is not done because, oh, it's time to do it. It is done because, holy shit, is it fun to watch the things that happen that you didn't think could happen. The plot twists that you're just kind of like, oh, shit, is this happening right now? That definitely happen. Okay. And as opposed to, you know, being invested... It's really weird to go back and watch something old by Marvel because this is a TV show that didn't have the rights to all the other Avengers where they're like, oh, we want this movie to be good. Well, why don't we just bring in – we'll just announce the casting of, of this person, of this actor as this character in this movie, and it'll be a surprise. And that's how they get all the you know, yeah. the fanfare and the excitement and stuff like that. We'll have these character moments that makes Avengers so good. We'll you know, uh, sneak in you know, a new person at the end or have an Easter egg and have everyone go nuts. Is this going where? Netflix couldn't really do that. While they were making their shows. So they really had to rely on good writing. They yeah. had to rely on good storytelling. And that is why um, the FBI agent, who uh, is a little bit murderous, is oddly good at deflecting bullets off of uh, things. And his aim being right. incredibly spot on. All right. If you know what I mean. I think I know what you mean. Um, how he was such a compelling villain as well as Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Right. And when do you watch shows, the best shows you watch, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, is where you watch you know, some shows with villainous people or antiheroes or whatever. Mm -hmm. You watch them and you're like, damn, that is fucking terrible. I hope they win. Right. <laughs> because they're fucking just great characters. They have their reasons for doing things. And you're like, wow, they actually have rules or you know things like that. And that's why, you know, despite the fact that like, you know, Kingpin will have a victory on screen and you're like, Oh, that's terrible, but he's so cool. To the point that by the end of the season, when, you know, things are going, you know, turning around and, and working in, in favor of, you know, heroes as opposed to villains, I was actually going like, well, damn, that didn't work. And I'm like, oh, no, it's a villain. Of course it didn't work. Like, that's right. not supposed to. So um, to, to be able to watch a show and equally root for the villain as hard as you do the hero, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to tell you right now, it's Kingpin's fucking season. Oh, so King, the, there's more of Kingpin, huh? There's a lot more of Kingpin. All right, good deal. Um, in the, in the way that it is just, oh, man, and everything is a surprise. Everything, as opposed to where you would watch a show like this and be like, well, this is going to happen because this never happens. Really? Never happens. You begin to quite literally learn just what a fucking mastermind Kingpin is, and they do not start the season making you feel that way. All right. It's a wonderful, wonderful season of TV, That's, and I, I highly recommend anyone watch that. Basically, at least Daredevil on I, Netflix. Well, and that was always kind of the thing about these Marvel shows on Netflix is that they made the villains just as compelling as the heroes, if not more so. Because that was always the beauty of... That was always what I enjoyed most about DC Comics when yeah. I growing up reading mm -hmm. DC versus Marvel. And we've had this conversation over and over, but I will never stop saying it. The villains are what kept me coming because the reflection of the villains in what they meant to the hero. Yeah. Okay. The Riddler was a spectacular villain because he showed off Batman's intellect. Mm -hmm. The Joker was a spectacular villain because it showed the 
the serious side of Batman, that he was deadly fucking serious, even though he wasn't killing anyone. Yeah. And it's just these, these are things that are making statements that the heroes can't really acknowledge, but it's showing the heroes in their actions. Yes. It's showing them in their heroics. And so that was what, but Daredevil was doing because it was, it wasn't just Matt Murdock as Daredevil fighting crime in the streets. It was Matt Murdock, the lawyer, fighting in the courts. Yes. And so, and it was all on this guy who is seemingly on the up and up, but is really doing some really dark fucking deeds in the background. Yes. And so seeing that on the screen and it's just like, Oh my God, they are mirrors. They are mirrors of each other. They're nailing it here. They are nailing it. They're nailing that this villain is a mirror of the hero and it's just bringing out the worst in one and the best in the other. And I'm here for it. That's actually exactly how it goes. And I mean, this is Marvel, which I mean, I don't think, save for Magneto, I don't think there have been incredibly compelling Marvel villains. Um, not really you know, across the board. So that being said, um, no, Daredevil is, is is supreme, and season three was quite quite the capper. And they even they did manage to even kind of make it. You know, um, they managed to cap it off pretty well, considering it's almost like they knew everything they were going to get canceled at the end of that season, where they were just kind of like talking, and everything was finally feeling a little bit lighter, considering how dark the whole season is. So right. um, and. Um, and then I'm excited to see where they where they go if they continue if if you know Daredevil is going to become a movie or um a TV series probably TV series because that's honestly where the best format has been thus far with the way they've done their things but I hope they recast the same guy who played Bullseye um because he did a wonderful wonderful job um playing Bullseye and he I enjoyed watching watching him as much as I enjoyed watching Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin which is something to be said yeah for all these characters who's playing Bullseye. So, um, I, you know, I'll ha- we'll look it up. Really okay. Quick uh, if you don't know off the top of your head, that's not a big deal, I but uh, you know, at least he did better than Colin Farrell. It, yeah. It's not so. hard to do that. I mean, I and think nothing against Colin it, Farrell. He's no, a spectacular he'll do actor. any movie. He'll do any movie. You put prosthetics on him. Any well, movie. He's a spectacular actor anyway, but he's just also very, very method and very bug fucking nutty. And I don't think Ben Affleck or anybody really involved in the cinematic Daredevil really did any favors to it. But anyway, that's yeah. well. That was back before they knew what they were doing with all exactly. This stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's when it was. You know what? We're gonna make a movie based on this. Go. Which I hope. Oh, right. um, nope, that's not him. I mean, because there's this um, former series regular. What's this? Um, trying to look up the cast right well, now because I don't know which one's which. No, it's not a big deal. It I mean, really it is kind of a big deal because I want to give like uh, give him outs. the props. We'll click on you the cast I mean? there. Cause, oh, is there the cast button? Uh, there's there a, a cast, cast button, button right there. Oh, there I you go. Click that. I, I was blind. There but now we I see. go. I got your back here. Wilson Daredevil Bethel. Punch. Wilson Bethel. Um, what a supreme fucking actor. Um, let's see what all he's done. So, oh, uh, he was in Heart of Dixie. All right. uh, he did uh, a role of on uh, on the Young and the Restless, the soap opera. So I mean, I gotta All see right. if he's in some new stuff. He so is really if they really capitalize on the way. If let's put it this way, if the the uh, Daredevil is lawful evil, mm-hmm. Bullseye is chaotic evil. Okay, 
you get to see where there's actually a very specific example in the show um, of, you know, the the dirt. Uh, Kingpin makes one decision, which is far more lawful evil. Okay. And then Dex, a.k.a. Bullseye, goes completely against that. <laughs> All right. In the moment, and you're just kind of like, okay, this is the difference between them, despite the fact that, you know, um, Kingpin is eventually going to draw um, Dex out of his, you know, calm, good place. So. Okay. All right. He so does he's a lot a, of TV. Looks like he's of the same stock of, say, uh, Jensen Ackles. Yes, very much the same stock. It's yes. not, I mean, there's not a lot of dissimilarity between their yes. CVs, anyway. And he's good looking to boot. Look at him. Oh, exactly. Look at that. That's, Look at that's that part of the. Line. That's part of the point I'm making. Jensen Ackles is a good-looking dude. Handsome, handsome man, right? Yep. Even though I really want to superimpose his head on a person in a Star Trek outfit and change his name under it to Ensign Jackals. Anyway, you know what? Let's let's move on. What else? Uh, I started The Witcher Season 2 as well. I got through about six episodes of that and um, kind of in the background while I'm packing. Right. Looks good, plays good. I am not i'm beginning to learn very quickly um as good as henry cavill looks in tight leather armor and slacks i i do not think i am a a a a witcher um a witcher super fan of any sorts Um, okay and i played the game maybe a big part of it is just like i couldn't get into the world when i played the game maybe that's something that you know if the world doesn't click with me then maybe i won't enjoy the game as much right and I've been watching the show, and the, the first season of the show was very hard to follow because the timeline jumps all over the place. Now they're okay. doing it a lot more straightforward. The monsters are cool. The action's pretty stellar, and the graphics are great. Um, the way it's shot looks absolutely beautiful. And that being said, I I am not nearly as excited for the aspects of this world as I am or have been for The Lord of the Rings. Right. You know, or Harry Potter or, you know, things like that. So um, is it good? I think it's fine. Um, maybe I need to read more of the books to get there. You know, I'll try, you know, <laughs> I'm on my second, di- you know, medium telling of Witcher <laughs> right. after the video games. Now we're on TV. And, you know, I, do I think it's enjoyable? Yeah. Am I going to watch it again? No. And at this rate, do I think I'm going back for season three, you know, incredibly excitedly? Mm, not entirely. I mean, <laughs> At this rate, I don't even know that I would make a make a point to watch season three, but that's just my taste, my flavor. I think from the outside, it looks like a fine show. Okay, but I think it's just my my taste more than anything. All right. Um, and I wish I could say that like, oh, I'm not into you know um dark fantasy because it's clearly dark fantasy, you know. And I would like to say that from the other side, except for my adoration of Game of Thrones. Right. So I don't know. Maybe The Witcher needs you know more 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 short people in it. You know what I mean? Maybe it needs more Kate Blanchett. Maybe it needs a little bit more incest. I don't know, but I'm I'm not. You know, um, all right. I do my best. So I'm honestly there for Henry Cavill. Good. And for that reason, it's enough. All right. I'm gonna have to uh, get back into it. The wife was not getting into it at all, in spite of the appearance of Henry Cavill. Well, season. That's the thing. I would have brought. Sarah to watch it with me why my wife because she liked Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and I thought well maybe she would be into Witcher with me and then I, I was like but I'll give it a shot first and then I watched season three or the first season which has three different timelines going at a different rate of speed where they start with Yennefer's timeline 3,000 years ago 1,000 years ago 
I don't okay. know. They start with Siri's timeline 10 years ago, and then they, they start with Geralt's timeline 300 years ago. Don't quote me. Okay. Taylor. And they go through these these um, timelines, and but they still progress at the same speed until they all collide out on the same timeline at the same point. That was the fucking timeline of The Witcher. Okay. In the first season, where they were all each of these characters' uh, 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 paths were going at a different, you know, their what is it trajectory? Trajectory. trajectory. Sorry. Um, what is their what do you call a small timeline for a character development in a show? I forget the terminology right now. Anyways, and I watched that, and I was like, okay, so could bring Sarah to watch it, but she would be so fucking confused right <laughs> at what is happening. I thought Yennefer was this person who is differently. Why are they meeting here? Why are they doing that? Um, and yeah, Witcher season two is a little bit more straightforward. I was thinking like the only time I would probably take go back to try and honestly, I want to edit Witcher season one to be in time, like a different timeline. Like I have literally no Siri until the last episode when okay. everything collides, for instance. Okay. But that's, that's where I'm at with it. Witcher two, I'm not going to say isn't worth watching, um, because I can tell it's good television. I'm just saying it's not for me. All right. We continued to watch what I think could just straight up have been a theatrical release. Um, South Park, the COVID special on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. Have you watched this? Not yet. It could very well be the, the I think it could have been a theatrical release of, of South Park 2, the movie. Probably. It is so good. It is so epic in a lot of ways. But also... A great political. It's it's funny that you you watch shows like this and like my mom would never let me watch South Park back in the day, right? As a kid because she was you know one trying to be a good mother, but <laughs> a lot of people got to watch you know a lot of things. She was yeah, I mean she still let me watch Highlander, but it was the crude crass things that she was like, I really don't want my kid walking out of the room talking like fucking Cartman. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Because it's funny, right? Uh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and said she wanted me to run around cutting people's heads off with a sword. But that being said, I'm there joking, could be man. only one. <laughs> no one can criticize can, anyone's can parenting. You. I can see you on the playground, like seven years old. Some bully pushes you off the fucking merry-go-round, and you get up with this massive stick and go, "There can be only one," and just go right at his fucking neck. You I know, can see it. I wish I could deny it. I can see it, but I can't. Uh, oh, no, it's playing in my head. Just, yeah, that's how it goes. Seven-year-old me, probably. I get it. No, you're right. So that being said, um, yeah, I didn't take shit from bully, so it probably did happen. Um, South Park. Let me let me um, give it to you straight here. Grown Kyle at the beginning of South Park COVID. I'm gonna sell everyone on this because sometimes there's a lot of you know certain um, amounts of media that you watch that are repetitive or you're just kind of like, am I really in the mood for this if I haven't watched it all the time? Like, how often do you watch New Simpsons? Oh my god, I don't think I've seen a New Simpsons and. At least four years. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of get your fill of it, but that doesn't mean you're not a fan because you have the quick oh, no, fucking, I, you know, house. That's saying you are you're asking Simpsons. new Simpsons. Exactly. I have watched Simpsons like within the last six months. Oh, OK. But maybe not. Maybe not. New, new Simpsons. Simpsons. Exactly. So that being said, um, the, uh, these are just hooks. I'm, I'm going to do my best not to spoil everything. And I don't think I can. But right. this is just to make sure everyone gets on Paramount Plus to watch this. Uh, grown man. With a long red beard, wakes up in bed, and he gets a um uh actually no it's a um it's a 
a guy with black hair. He's he he gets a call in the middle of the night and picks it up. A, a call from a guy with a red beard. He says, "Hey, hey man, is this Dan?" Girl man goes, "Yeah." Says, "Hey, it's it's Kyle." <laughs> says, "Oh hey, what's how are you how are you doing, man?" He's like, "It's it's good. I need to tell you something. What what is it, man? It's Kenny. He's dead." <laughs> Oh no! Oh god! To which? No! 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 Yes! Say it! Say it! Yes! Oh! He gets. He drives back, and they're going through like it's yeah. So Stan gets in his fully electric car, um, (laughs) and then his wife is standing in the in the living room. She said, "She's like, who was that?" He says. It's nothing. Go back to sleep. And she's like, you know, you're just a piece of shit. And he says, Alexa, turn off. And she turns over and goes to sleep. <laughs> Fast forward to as his wife berates him, who is also Alexa. Amazon fucking Alexa. Okay. Fast forward to uh, them in town. Um, and Alexa, uh, it, it just keeps berating him and they get into town to find out that Kenny was, uh, uh, a famous, uh, uh, philanthropist scientist. Um, COVID, of he was. COVID has been ruling everyone's lives for the last 30 years. Yeah, of course it has. And he gets into town where there's a lot of silly things going on, of course, but, he gets into town and they're there for the funeral and there's a lot of people. Uh, Jimmy who finds out um, he, after he gets off of stage from telling jokes, he's a late night uh, a comedian, of course, of course. And he gets on the stage and he says, um, this is at least one of the jokes he says, this isn't the exact, this is the exact same joke he says in the beginning. This is the one that I remember. And he says, these are the jokes he gets to tell in the future, 30 years down the road. He says, uh, a boy who wants to be a woman walks into a bar and she makes friends because she's a great person and everyone laughs. All of his jokes, all of his jokes are completely censored, not funny, but clearly straying away from any kind of vitriol cancellation. There's no chance of being canceled. Yep. In any of it. When he says things like that, that's every single one of his jokes. Oh, no. Fast forward to the town has been shut down because there is a new strand of COVID. Of course there is. Um, I don't remember the name of every single fucking kid in this town, but there was one. I don't remember if his name was Clayton, Cletus, something like that. Um, But it's one of the one of the off kids who's not the same one as the rest of the kids. Um, and they're, they're like, we're going to shut down the town, you know? And, uh, they were like, we did a scan and uh, everyone needs vaccinations before you can leave. And, and they're, they're like, who's not vaccinated. And then Cletus raises his hand. He's like, what? It's my choice. (laughs) They locked down the whole town because one person won't get fucking vaccinated. They're like, you cannot leave until you all get vaccinated. Oh no. To which they approach him later. They're like, what's going on? He says, he says, "Well, I'm aller- I have I have allergies." And they're like, "What do you mean, allergies?" Mm-hmm. He says, "Well, I'm allergic to shellfish." 
I'm like, what do you mean you're allergic to shellfish? He says, well, if, if someone's making the vaccine and they eat some shellfish and it makes its way, it, they can get the shellfish into the vaccine. <laughs> and he was like, and he was, and there, so there's a danger of like shellfishness in the vaccine. He says, yes, shellfishness. And they're like, so you will not get the vaccine because of shellfishness. <laughs> he says, yes, I will not get the oh. vaccine because of shellfishness. Oh. And they were like, oh. okay, guys, he won't get the vaccine because of shellfishness. <laughs> Oh, I'm oh, almost Matt done. and Trey. I promise. You guys. <laughs> yep. Oh, thank. And if I haven't sold you yet, I'll tell uh, you what I'm. I'm about to sell you on this. Okay. Uh, I can't wait until they open Casa Bonita again. Go ahead. <sighs> this is where I'm gonna. This is. This is about. I think I'm about finished. Yeah, I'm gonna stop here. All right, good. Okay, because because I, I gotta fucking see it. This is... <laughs> I think I'm already that. Yeah, basically. At least, I, I mean, if I've sold you, I probably sold everyone else. But there's one more thing. One more thing. Um. Is when a fat man walks into the church with a beautiful wife. I knew this was coming. His two sons. Uh, 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 no, his his uh, older daughter, his next younger son, and then a small baby. It's Cartman. Donning the normal yellow and blue hat on his head. It's a yarmulke because he is converted <laughs> to Judaism. Full blast. <laughs> Which has put Kyle on fucking edge. Fucking the entire of the, And he says, Oh my God. And Car- Carmen goes, He says, Kyle's been a long time. How are you, brother? He says, The fuck you just say to me? <laughs> I'm a. Oh, no. he, he says, we're, we're brothers now. <laughs> and, oh. and he says, And Kyle's like, Fuck you. Yep. <laughs> You're full of shit. Fast forward to all of the hospitals getting shut down. Oh, no. And not the hospital, sorry, all the hotels getting shut down. They get booked immediately because people get stuck in town for Kyle's funeral. And they're out. And Kyle gets a knock on the door. He opens it up. Cartman says, can we stay with you? All the places are full. (laughs) He says, he's like, the fuck are you talking about? And, and. And the wife's like, we understand if you can't. And the the the, um, the daughter says, oh, but it's cold. And then the little the little Cartman boy, he goes, he goes, please, Uncle Kyle. <laughs> and the baby pops out his pacifier. He says, please, Uncle Kyle. <laughs> and he proceeds to let them stay with him. Oh, <laughs> of, course. of course. Where he's kept up at night listening to Cartman uh, give it to his wife in the next room with the banging, the moaning. And... <laughs> <laughs> are you dirty? Are you dirty as a Saint Matthew in the day of? <laughs> like, no, he's like dirty talking to no. her in Jew. No, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop there. Oh but my it gets, god, it's all oh. it's so fucking unbelievably funny and on point, oh. and just exactly what oh, you would. Shit, it's when you look at how many like mini movies come out and all how many specials and things like that. They had a QAnon special on HBO Max, which like uh, the BFFFF Joe was raving about. And if you look at these things, you're just kind of like, man, these are cash grabs. It's like oversaturation. If you take the time to watch South Park once in the next year, just watch the fucking COVID special. Well, here's the thing about, about South Park and these timely, seemingly cash grab specials that they do and everything yeah not one bit it may be a cash grab Mm -hmm. it may be just oversaturation it may be very very timely but it is never 
not good. Yeah. It is never just a blatant cash grab that nobody put any thought into. It's it's poignant. It is saying something. It is it is timely. It is just amazing what mm-hmm. those guys can pull off in the time frame they have. It's true. Yeah, like, because did you ever see their documentary, uh, Six Days to Air? No. This documentary is basically from when one South Park episode airs. Mm-hmm. To when the next episode is ready. Really? So basically, New South Park airs Wednesday night. Oh. Okay, and we'll say episode six. The next day, that Thursday morning, they're in the writer's room writing episode seven. Oh, wow. And it is ready by next Wednesday. And they go through the entire process of doing it. And so it's Trey, Juan, and in this case, it was the episode they were writing uh was human sent ipad okay so episode had just aired last night trey is pacing in the writer's room because he just had to update itunes and he's like i never have read these terms and conditions has anyone ever read these terms and conditions and they're like no you just accept and move on because you mm-hmm. take forever and that blossomed the idea of maybe they're hiding shit in there and we're agreeing. We don't know what we're agreeing to because it's so fucking long. We're not going to read it. Yeah. So the, I, I don't know if you've seen the episodes human sent iPad. Okay. There's a lot of South park to watch. There's a it. lot of South I'm, park. To I'm watch. trying to get through always sunny in Philadelphia more than right. anything. Okay. So essentially uh, spoilers for this episode that is like six years old. You can find it on HBO max. You can probably find it wherever actually. Yeah. It's an old episode, but Kyle agrees to the terms and conditions just without reading it. He just agrees to it. Yeah. All of a sudden, Apple comes into his house, seizes him, and makes him part of a human centipede. He's the center of of the human centipede. On the front of the human centipede is an iPhone. (laughs) On the ass of the human centipede is an iPad. Okay. Okay. This is a new product from Apple, and it's the human sent iPad. Jesus you put the information in at the head, and then it is magically transmitted to the end. Okay. And so I'm Kyle just... gets stitched into the center of this human centipede, and he is part of the data transmission. And Steve Jobs is on stage selling this at one of the, you know, Apple events, and he's going. And so Kyle, and he signed up for this. He agreed to this. He agreed to the terms and conditions. He agreed to this, you know, and prior to all of this, his dad is trying to get him out of it. You know, his dad's a lawyer and he's like, and Kyle's going around to everybody and he's like, you don't actually read the terms and conditions on iTunes, do you? And they're like, and everybody is like, well, yeah, of course you got to read them. Otherwise, who knows what you're agreeing to? (laughs) And Kyle's like, oh, come on. And so he goes and butters goes and he's like all right i'll help you go through your terms and conditions and he's going through the terms and conditions and he reads the section about volunteering to be part of the human centipede yes and butters right there he goes well i don't agree to that (laughs) and he just like crosses (laughs) that part out (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have to watch this for sure yeah that episode is great but the six days to air is the process of making that episode from soup to nuts just all the way through and they are working nonstop. 
I believe it. And on Tuesday afternoon, Trey Parker's assistant brings him a shit ton of McDonald's, like three vacuum meals. He's got a big bag. He's got a quarter pounder. He's got all these fries and nuggets and shit. He's like, this is why I do this. This is my reward for successfully (laughs) making an episode. He's just gorgeous. He gorgeous. He's like, this is amazing. Uh, And it's like he, he eats super healthy all the rest of the time. So he's like, you know, he's not overdoing it on anything. Yeah. But then the minute that episode is in the can, He's just gorging. Wow. Wow. You know, speaking of, um, you know, like uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, we talk about like celebrity friends on the show sometimes. Right. And when I was in solar. Yeah. Um, I did the solar installation um, back in the day when I did solar installation as a job. Um, I did solar installation on uh, their high school math teacher's house. Nice. So. Excellent. Naturally, I should be able to go out for cheeseburgers oh, and shakes with absolutely. Matt, Matt Stone I mean, and you're within the at six any degrees. time. Exactly. You're within the six degrees. I'm within six degrees of them. Yeah. And likewise, I'm within six degrees of Adam Sandler. You're within six degrees of Adam Sandler? I am. Really? Yep. How? Um, when I was working at my previous job, one of the carriers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I like talked to a lot and everything, yeah. he had a brother in California that was good friends with Adam Sandler. Wow. That's cool. And I was like, well, the, I, I told him, I was like, your your brother is probably just fucking golden then because yeah. Adam Sandler is like the world's best friend. If you're going to be friends with anybody, you want to be friends with Adam Sandler because yeah. he treats his friends like they are gold. That's a big deal. And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely he does. Wow. So That's Adam Sandler's is an extremely good guy. You want to be his friend because he is very good <clears throat> to his friends. He is? Okay, I'll yeah. find him. Let's find him. <laughs> Let's find him. Be friends. Adam Sandler, we're coming. <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> I don't think we've got an in. We are not into golf. But was, anyway, you know, we could be. We offer to get. We'll just we show up at a, show up at a show up at a fucking golf golf course where he's playing golf. We just run and get his ball for him every time. Absolutely, just get his ball. For I him would every totally time. be his caddy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely be his caddy too. Yeah. Uh, we'll. Do, well, yeah. No. No problem with that. All right. So continuing. Yes. Um, stayed up late. I bought the Ghostbusters trilogy because they had a pack, which was Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, because uh, the that is a Ghostbusters remake is not canon. Um, uh, right with the three with the uh, four female um comedian actresses, which I thought that was plenty fine. Introduced me to Kate McKinnon, actually. Yep. Um, who's fucking hilarious, and of course, every the rest of them are fine too. But, um. Ended up binging all three of those to see what they're about. And I stayed up like super late while I was uploading videos of our show onto YouTube because I'm trying to catch up with that. And I ended up staying later than that. Ghostbusters Afterlife, completely fine. It is certainly a fan service film. Oh, absolutely. But that's why they make these anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, that being said, I don't really, really want to go balls deep into that because, you know, um, I don't want to go balls deep into new movies because this is not the same day and age where anyone can go to a theater anytime and watch them. It's just right. not. So um, it came out. The deal, it was $27.99 or $26.99 for all three movies. That's not bad. And the new movie was already 20 bucks in the first place. I was like, cool, I get the other ones for 7 bucks. Done. Right? Absolutely. It's all 4K. Did it. Um, great movie. J.K. Simmons cameo. I'm, I'm here for it. You know, anything with J.K. Simmons, I'm watching. Oh, yeah. That's If I didn't like Ghostbusters, you tell me J.K. Simmons in there, yep. like, momentarily as a ghost, boom, I'd be there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, what, so 
Um, cool question. Had, prior to this, had mm-hmm. you seen Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2? Not for a long time. Okay. All right. And it never stuck with me well enough to remember it. But then I okay. kind of, as I got back to it, I was just kind of like, okay, no, I remember now why this show was so, okay. you know, like funny. But clearly, I did also understand why Bill Murray being in it at the time, at the height of his career, was such a big deal. And yeah. also his delivery, all of that stuff. Eon walking in, and the the um, the EPA is you know in the office with the governor, and they're and they're like, these men are criminals. You need to arrest them. And Egon is like, listen, Dickless, if you open that thing up, this is all. And then of course Bill Murray, and, the, and then the governor goes, is, is all this true? And of course Bill Murray goes, it's true, sir. He has no dick. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. That is why this movie was so good with Bill yes. Murray. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bill Murray had most of the awesome lines just because he was the skeptic. Yeah, exactly. He was the guy playing the skeptic, so he was Not he had all of it. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2, a little rough. Um, still funny. Yeah. It's what we're there for. It's all that really matters. Yep. So dorky as it is. Uh Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, hey flat top. That was I mean, come on. Yeah. Just we're here for it. You yeah. know what I mean? So and I thought it was fine. Um the kids were funny. Um the little girl was great. Actually, um, as you know, Egon's granddaughter doing all the stuff, being nerdy but not knowing how. And, anyways, I really enjoyed the um, the plot of it going through. Just that, um, they force awakens the entirety of it. Uh, yeah. Well, and there's, <laughs> well, no, and that Zool carried through. Zool was always the main impetus. Yes. Now, with the exception of Ghostbusters 2, but, yeah. you know, hey, I'm here they, for Beagle the Carpathian. they cared to fucking explain, you know, the reoccurrence of Zool. And if anyone's seen a fucking preview, you've seen the demon dogs. Like, right. you know what's happening. Here. Exactly. Um, when you see the gatekeeper um, and and keymaster keymaster dogs running around mm-hmm. walmart <laughs> right. i'm fine with that um but uh, it wasn't bad the fact that they cared to explain kind of the lore when they eventually go down deep into the pit and they find the timeline that says look every so few so years like zool makes a fucking try again there's always yeah. like this impetus whatever it be the stars aligning whatever it is they're always coming back and i'm like at least they care to explain it as opposed to force awakens where they're like we made another space station that destroys planets and stuff. Yeah. And that works. So anyways, I ended up staying up late to watch that, but I was in the middle of uploading a video and had to turn to Ozarks. Ozark, sorry. Ozark. Season four, part one. All right. It is very much Breaking Bad with Jason Bateman. Then I'm going to have to watch Ozark. But he, I, I haven't watched any of it yet. He so. doesn't quite... It, here's my biggest issue with it. Um... Jason Bateman does not have a lot of acting chops in the show, and I don't know if it's because he is – I don't know if it's because Jason Bateman is not so good at acting but good at producing because he's a producer on the show. The Ozark is here because he is right. a he's, producer on yeah. the show. He made it happen, and it is a wonderful show, um, which has Laura Linney as his wife. Mm-hmm. Laura Lenny clearly, you know, watching fucking anything. She's amazing. Right. Um, and which I might have said this on a past podcast, but if I did, it was well over a year ago, if not two. Um, <clears throat> the difference between this and Breaking Bad essentially is Breaking Bad. He's keeping the secret. Walt keeps the secret. He's a, you know, uh, yeah. making the best meth ever made in private. Um, but he's trying to keep it a secret because he, you know, doesn't want to get in trouble with all this stuff. Um, the difference between that and Ozark immediately is that they move. The kids are fucking bitching and bitching and bitching. And uh, his wife was so unhappy she was sleeping with another man. 
And oh, I was going to ask if there was an I Fuck Ted episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, I, his name is Ted. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I've... I'll come back to that. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, no, it's okay. But I think, seriously, his name was Ted. Okay. The character's name was Ted that she was fucking, if I remember correctly. All I right. really think so. Anyways, um, but they're packing, and the kids are complaining, complaining, complaining. And she drops her box, and she turns around, and, the, like, the kid, the son just asked for the, like, 18th time why they fucking just moved to the Ozark out of nowhere. She drops it. She says, we moved here because your dad launders money for the Mexican cartel. <laughs> If you're quite finished, we need to take everything in and be done. And <laughs> Jason Bateman stands by the door, mouth agape, in Jason Bateman fashion. And he goes, uh, and he kind of raises his <laughs> eyes and he picks up the box because he's going to talk to her about it in private, not in front of him. <laughs> yeah, right. Very Jason Bateman fashion. Yes. It's really weird because he, it's it's like he's playing the same character again. And he it, it's as if he likes to play. It's just watching all the shows. He really plays the same character in a lot of his things. I'm really hoping. And it remains to be seen. He does get a little pissed in this show, but he always remains calm. Okay. While he watches the people around him do crazy things. Almost like he's the one with his head screwed on straight while his family runs the business into the ground. He's a straight man. Yes. he's He is a spectacular straight man in whatever he's in, whether yeah. it's a comedy, a tragedy, whatever, whatever role he is doing. Mm-hmm. If he's the straight man, he will be epic. So he's on this show really doing just what he does best, which is a very similar role every single time, at least the way he does it. But then there is um, uh, Julia Garner is her name, plays a girl named Ruth, who he eventually takes under his wing in Ozark. Um, She's redneck. Very, very redneck. She's there making cash in certain ways, doing sketchy things and doing uh, stuff. But uh, she has won an Emmy every season since the show came out. All right. This girl playing a deep Southern accent character, and boy, does she fucking deserve it. Yeah. Her range from being happy, which is rare, to mad, which is often, to crying, which is in the middle ground, and very upset, which she plays very well. I've never seen a person cry on screen so well and fucking believe it. Right. I will tell you right. Her character's name is Ruth, and I'll tell you right now. Ruth is the reason you should watch Ozark. Okay. Julia Garner is the reason you should watch Ozark. All right. They're only releasing the first half of the season, um, which they did yesterday, and I've, I'm almost finished with all of it. All right. Um, and I just think that Ozark is definitely worth watching in the way that it's that combination of Breaking Bad, like I said, but I will also say Dexter. In the way that um, they have a lot of hairy fucking situations and they have to do a lot of clever things to get out of their hairy situations. Okay. In the same way that like Dexter might make a slip up in Dexter with a kill he's made and then he has to do things to cover it up and then some things fall in place. Sometimes he does things clever enough to get them off of his tail. Okay. This is very much what you watch Ozark for is these oh shit moments and how is it going to get fixed right which sometimes it is by the skin of their fucking teeth okay yeah gets I'm you on the edge of your I'm seat in. i'm in um yeah ghostbuster trilogy on the note mm-hmm. of 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 jason bateman have you seen a movie called horrible bosses yes yes okay 
<laughs> Horrible Bosses is <clears throat> up there on my wife's favorite movies. Oh, ever. really? Yes. Is she it because of Jennifer Aniston's dirty talking, maybe? That is a large part of it. I bet it is, because there is not one movie you can watch that gets you the same. Because, you know, she was totally America's sweetheart when she was on Friends, mm-hmm. doing Rachel, being the rich girl who is, you know, like a waitress doing tables. You know what I mean? Falling from grace. All these things. Yeah. Um, And then you go and you watch her lean over a oh, patient yeah. at the my, dentist and tell wife Charlie, says, Charlie Day to his face, I want you to fuck me in my face <laughs> right now over this man's body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My wife routinely says when she's, when she's initiating sexy times, she will routinely say, you're going to give me that dong, Dale. <laughs> she, she busts that out, which is a line of Jennifer Aniston's and Horrible Bosses. Yeah. It is... Right. Which comes second only to Charlie Day um, in the car <laughs> after they the the cops go to um, his his house to search for DNA in the bathroom where uh, Jason Sudeikis has literally rubbed everything on the bathroom in his ass because he hates the guy, hoping that Colin Farrell with his bald prosthetic yes yes um, not the first time he did it <clears throat> Daredevil says he puts everything on his ass hoping that Colin Farrell is going to brush his teeth with uh, basically his ass. Yeah. And then they see the the FBI going and they're like, well, good thing we didn't leave any evidence. And Jason Sudeikis goes, so. (laughs) Cut to Charlie Day in the back screaming, did you have to put the whole bathroom in your ass? (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Um, For those of you who haven't watched Horrible Bosses. Oh, the... um they're horrible bosses, and they want to murder their bosses. Jason yes. Bateman, Charlie Day, and Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Their yes. bosses are... Um, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. And Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Jennifer Aniston as a uh, sex star of nymphomaniac dentist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, Colin Farrell as a um, <clears throat> the inheritor of a business that he's basically a... A hardcore coked up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a spoiled man baby that just inherited a business. I thought it was very, very funny yeah. for a simple, simple plotted movie, you know, in yeah. my opinion. So, um, yeah, no, it had been a while since we watched it, and I forgot how good it was. So I really wanted to point that out. That's an and excellent movie. People need to watch you it if they didn't catch it. You can skip the sequel. Yeah, you can. I mean, you're not, you're not losing anything if you tune into it, but mm-hmm. you're not really gaining anything by watching it either. It's kind of like The Hangovers. Yeah. Like, you can watch the first ones, but it's, it is certainly not a crime if you don't watch the second ones. I would say the same honestly, thing for Ghostbusters. Honestly, the the second hangover really, really got me. It wasn't shabby. I, 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 I laughed, too. I thought it was funny, too. Yeah. I it, I appre- Probably in the Hangover trilogy, Hangover 2 was probably my favorite. Really? Probably. Oh. M- mainly because of the, well, <laughs> the pig exploding in... <laughs> In the Elm space, yeah, going through the car yeah, chase, yeah, yep. <laughs> that that knock. that bit right there, it was just like, oh my god, because I thought screaming. they wouldn't top the Hangover. I thought there was no way they're right. going to top the Hangover. There, the there is some comedic kick. value to the monkey getting shot and then telling the little monkey to hold on, <laughs> and then they drop him outside of a vet. Yeah, they're like, here you go, buddy. Give him a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> well, this poor cappuccino. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. Oh. Uh. 
So, you know. Yeah. We're, well, we're and then, you know, in the first one, he marries a prostitute. <laughs> in the second one, he becomes the bottom of a Thai lady boy. It, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. You're like, whoa. <laughs> Let's, yeah. So, what else you watch? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. Now, the whole reason I was laughing earlier about the uh, Ted bit mm-hmm. was because my brother and sister-in-law had watched um, Breaking Bad, and they were like, you've got to check it out. You've got to check it out. Mm-hmm. And I had not seen it yet. Oh, because his like, name's Ted in that I too. really got to check this out. I, yeah. So I was watching it. I was binging it. I was binging it hard. Yeah. There is an episode in Breaking Bad, I want to say like midway through season two or three, entitled IFT. <laughs> and so I watched that episode. And at the very end of that episode, Skyler looks at Walter White. And because he's basically playing like nothing is wrong. Yeah. Nothing. You know, yeah. she just found out that he's making meth and he's playing like there's nothing up at all. And she comes in and he's like, you ready for dinner? And she just looks at him and goes, I fuck Ted. And then starts serving dinner. <laughs> so I immediately text my brother and sister-in-law and I'm like, oh, my God, she fucked Ted. Which made them laugh, and then my sister-in-law sent me a meme of a crudely drawn Breaking Bad. Yes. That was Skyler, uh, Walter, and Flynn. And Flynn was going, it's Dad's birthday, Mom, do the thing. And then it shows her going, all right. And then underneath that, spelled out in bacon, is I fucked Ted. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. So that's what, uh, yeah, that flashed into my head when you said that she was having an affair, and I was, yeah, sorry. No, it's there. It, it was, it was very, very funny to it, me. No, it that's is. when my brain went. I came back, like maybe, circled around. Maybe I was thinking of Breaking Bad when I said that. Um, Perhaps his wife fucked Ted and Ozark. Probably not. They probably purposely avoided any comparisons just because they were so similar. You know, I what don't I mean? know that they would. I think they would lean into shit like that. <clears throat> I don't know. Could be wrong. I mean, probably before. I don't think they would for the sake of their like independentness from the other one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so. you know, this episode's already like kind of running long and tooth, but there is something I need to bring up, and so we might make this episode a uh, uh, movies and TV specific episode Kay. based on what I'm about to ask you All right. um, and talk to you about. And um, have you seen imagery from the new Batman movie? I saw a couple of trailers. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, it's clear. And they're saying it now just straightforward, but I think it was clear from the beginning that the, the Riddler is very much going to be more like a serial killer. Right. Um, in the way that they're trying to find things. Uh, have you seen Colin Farrell as the Penguin? I have not. And I'll show you why. Remember how I was talking Colin Farrell will be in any they, movie you put him in prosthetics? Right. He. They Did they do him the uh, High Society Oswald Cobblepot? Uh, very much so. All right. Holy fuck. Yeah. You recognize him? <laughs> Not even a little Not bit. Not even Holy a little shit. bit. Yeah. Uh, they slapped a lot of fucking prosthetics on Colin Farrell yeah. <laughs> for this movie. But yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm here for it. I'm, so oh. I'm into that. I'm, I may actually enjoy this Batman now. Okay, cool. And that was my question is. I mean, last time we were talking about, you know, we talked about on an episode Robert Pattinson, you know, when he got cast as the Batman. Yeah. And what was your opinion at the time? 
I was really, really, really hoping that he was it was going to be a Batman Beyond type movie. Yes. Where he was playing Terry McGinnis. Right. To Michael Keaton's. Which is totally overdue. Elder Bruce Wayne. Totally overdue. But then I told you what to rehash. Right. And then what did you say? Your opinion's valid, even though you just said you might actually like this movie. But what was the, the initial, I think, fair take? At this point, I've, I'm tired of Batman reboots. At this point, I have seen Thomas and Martha Wayne die more than Batman has. <laughs> I'm so, so tired yeah. of rebooting this. At this point, we have had, what, nine? Nine cinematic Batmans? Maybe. Yeah. There were, well, I mean, yeah, at least nine. At least nine. Because, uh, I mean, but that's, Adam I mean, when we talk about. Adam West was first. Well, Batman. did he have a movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Batman okay. 66. There Adam was West. A Batman the movie. Batman the movie. Batman so, Returns. And that, well, and Michael and we Keaton had, there. And then. Um, um, were you talking about cinematic, just like the movies, or how many actors they've been playing Batman? How many actors have been playing Batman? Oh, okay. Cool. Then, yeah. West. Val, uh, um, Michael Keaton, Michael Val Kilmer, George, George Clooney, Clooney, Christian Bale, Christian Bale, yeah, um, Batfleck, Batfleck, yeah, and now Pattinson, and now Pattinson. So we're at seven. We're at seven. Seven. Yeah, actually, did the Phantasm come to theaters? I believe it did. Eight. Eight, because Kevin Conroy uh, is a Kevin cinematic Con- bat. He is definitely a cinematic bat. Right at that bat. point. Eight. And so then if you, if you want to get if you want to get so fucking close, no, you are correct. Will Arnett, Lego Batman. Fuck yeah, you were correct. Fuck yeah, <laughs> you did it. Let's do it. Top of your head. Woo! Get this man an award. Um, Holy the, the fuck. The bat, bat award for. No All right, but that only solidifies my point. You were aiming high. You were aiming <laughs> high and guessing. That only solidifies my point. That oh my god, how many fucking <laughs> Batman do we goddamn need? And honestly. Beyond like, beyond Michael Keaton, the big one that I really appreciated was Ben Affleck because we didn't get really an origin story with that Batman. Yes. He was more of a plot device or a deus ex machina or what, but we didn't really have to get his introduction, even though, thank you, Zack Snyder, because we fucking did. You could have really avoided that. You totally could have avoided that. Yeah, absolutely. But you get that. Uh, let me see what you that is. Get that? You can go get that. He's gonna go get that. We're gonna keep rolling here, and uh, I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about um, Coraline. Coraline is a beautiful pupper wolf, uh, as I would call her in my puppo doggo speak, um, because I just love dogs, and they're really adorable. You see the the doorbell ring. And uh, Rich, Rich had to go to the front door to answer it and see what's going on there. Um, now, Coraline, who is um, – she's a mix of – she's definitely a rescue. Um, and she was always just hesitant of men. And then I came into her life. And um, being that I'm in uh, Coraline's life now, she's not as afraid of men as she used to be because, um, you know, I showed her how to trust again. But she does not trust the doorbell. Uh, shit delivered. Got it. Okay. Oh, shit got delivered? Is that yep, what it is? We got the cat clock now. Oh, cool. Okay. Kids just gonna have a cat clock. Yeah. Boom. And then, you know, um, so where were we? Oh yeah, the Riddler. The Riddler. Yes, is now um, I mean, look at him in the glasses. He has a weird gimp mask Ugh. on his face. 
that's for sure definitely no. definitely fucking uh you know he's very zodiac killer looking and that you know that makes sense yeah. um will he be <sighs> enigma do you think no do you think he'll be i mean i don't know clearly batty oh what know. the hell no, and now someone's knocking. knocking now someone's knocking what's going on and you see, okay, there's there's Coraline. She can't handle it. Not the knocking. She's not here for it. She's here for like you know the doorbell. She can be a little bit calm. Knocking. She's gonna go off the absolute end here, um, because she doesn't really like when people show up. She can't be here at the door to make sure that they aren't a male. That's not me, or her dad, because her dad is you know she really likes her dad. Her dad's a man. I can hear talking outside. There are things going on right now, and I don't know what it is. You know, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Batman. Um, it's really hard to do a podcast by yourself as one person. I'm going to I'm gonna say it how it is right now. But you know what? The Batman rolls solo. Um, and if he can roll solo, I can roll solo. You know, so let me talk to you right now, the listener. If you move to Gotham City and you commit crime, I'm going to find you and beat the shit out of you. Okay, because crime is bad. Uh, my parents were murdered. Uh, my mother's pearls lost in the gutters. Do you know how much those pearls were? Well, let me just put it this way. I could pay your rent for a decade on my mom's pearls. Okay, so the moral of the story is don't do crime or I'm going to come in and beat the shit out of you. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, which of the iterations of Batman style am I going to beat the shit out of you? Well, let's start with Adam West. Adam West, am I going to punch you and a cartoon pal appears in the air? Maybe, but those look like really pulled punches, and I'm going to hit a lot harder than that. Okay, next, Michael Keaton. Am I going to come into the room and so punch you in the face? And uh, when there's a dispensary, what? so when you get a local dispensary that's going to be in your neighborhood, they're yes. required to go around and claim signatures from the surrounding area, saying that they were notified that there's going to be a new dispensary opening. Oh, and that's why they were knocking on the door. During the exactly. Podcast. You should have invited them in to be on the podcast. I should have. Should I should have been, been like, like, you want to you want to record? Come talk about this. Okay. So, anyway, I was summarizing how I was going to beat the shit out of our listeners if they went to Gotham and did crime. Um, if I beat the shit out of you, like Michael Keaton. Um, not really going to land any hits because why? Because I can't see you. Why? Because I can't turn my head. You can't move your head. I can't, not without like orienting my whole, let's be honest, the only way anyone's going to get any actual like fighting done and winning in that movie is if you're Michael Keaton and uh, uh, fucking uh, Danny Elfman uh, composed the score for it. Why? Because well, I can't remember the director. Tim Burton. Thank you. And you're, not going to, and you're not going to hear any of it. You're not going to hear any of it. All you will hear is Prince. Just lots of prints. All you will hear is where prints. are we going from with because this? your ears are completely covered and encapsulated in a costume that will not allow you to turn your head. So you got to rely on all of your gadgets and lip reading. It's true. How am I going to kick your ass like Val Kilmer, that man? Um, I'm not same outfit. How am I going to kick your ass? Your nipples. Nope, he didn't have the nipples. Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer did not. Did. He did not. He was the start of the zip. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. How am I going to kick your ass? Like George Clooney, Batman. I'm not because you're going to leave the room because you're tired of looking at my nipples. Nipples. How am I going to kick your ass like Christian Bale? Well, not in the first one, but in the second Christian Bale, guess what? 
turning his head. You know what mm-hmm. that means. Oh, it's all ass kickings. It's all ass kickings. Now we're going to get to the bat flick back, man. How am I going to kick your ass if you're doing crime in the streets of Gotham? <laughs> um, let me put it this way. You don't want me to find you <laughs> because Batfleck gives no shits. I will brand you. I will throw you through the floor. I will break your ribs and your face and your nose and <laughs> you will just not you will not walk away from it. If you are if you are doing crime in Gotham with Batfleck around, you are merely training fodder for aliens. You really are. That's it. That's you really, all you really are. are. Yeah. He, he because here's the deal. Batfleck doesn't know how to throw those punches. No. He because only it'll be an alien. Ass. Exactly. So, like, he needs to be able to punch, you know, like, hard enough to hurt an alien. So, yeah. and he has to gauge pretty high for that because we don't know what an alien's like. So, yeah. yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. He's aiming beyond the balloon, folks. He is punching right through your neck. How am I going to p- beat you up in uh, Lego Batman form? Um, address your parental issues with a younger sidekick. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's exactly what I would do. Okay, yeah, so uh, Rich is going to come with me in tights. I'm going to name him after a bird. And then I'm and going to grab you by the And I will talk to you like this the whole time. Why? Because Batman voices are easy and Will Arnett proves it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And that leads uh, us to uh, uh, Bat- Bat- Battenson. Battenson. Battenson, um, Batman. What? How's that gonna do? Well, Team Batward. What does he do? Well, he's bulletproof, um, and he punches real hard, and he doesn't stop. So here's the deal: you might be out, but I'm not gonna stop punching. No. You're gonna wake up in a hospital. Yeah. So moral of the story: don't move to Gotham and do crime. Don't don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Where were we? Oh yeah, Paul Dano is a riddle. Paul Dano's a pretty good actor, and what I've seen him in. Okay, what have we seen him in? I forget. Okay. I think he was the the kid in he looks uh, There Will Be Blood was one of them. Um and I think oh Paul Dano was in The Human Swiss Knife with uh Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, I'm not sure that I saw that. Okay. Well, I mean if you did, you'll remember when I tell you this. Did you see a movie where Paul Dano got stranded on an island um in the middle of nowhere um and he uh finds a corpse that begins talking to him. It's a corpse of Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and the corpse begins to fart, and he says, "How are we getting off this island?" Um, and he says, "I don't know, but maybe we can get to the next island. Um, if I, uh, if you uh, ride me in the water, I have enough gas for it." And then he <laughs> farts his way like a skip boat across the water, riding Daniel Radcliffe's corpse. I really need to see this movie. You would remember. I remember. You would remember this. I remember seeing the ads <laughs> for it and. And seeing the description for it and everything, and I was like, I need to see this fucking movie. Uh-huh. This movie sounds amazing. I need to see it. And then I just never did. Yeah. So, and oh my God. Did I describe what you needed to hear to see it? No, 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 no. To no. at least somewhat remember no, it. No, here's the thing. What? His list, his filmography. Yes. Is every movie Paul that Dino. I have intended to see but never have. Really? Yes. Oh. Okja, on the list. Swiss Army Man, on the list. 12 Years a Slave, on the list. Prisoners, on the list. Looper, on the list. Ruby Sparks, on the list. Every fucking movie on that he's been in is on my list of movies to watch that I have not. 
That'll do it. Fucking hell. He's an Oscar bait actor for sure. He's so pretty, I missed, pretty cool. I missed the boat on him entirely, but I have not intended to. And you know, you're going to see him. Yeah, I'm going to see him. As the Riddler in the Batman. Now, here's my ultimate question for, for you, and this is where we're kind of like getting to that I want to really, really um, kind of gauge what your thought process on this. Um, the runtime has been announced. Okay. On the Batman, which has been described as, you know, a horror thriller. Okay. Truly. Um, two hours and 55 minutes. Holy fuck. Is the runtime on a series that oh you're God. frankly tired of seeing new reiterations of. Oh, my of. God. Why wouldn't they just do a part one, part two? Fuck. That is such a long runtime. I mean, can the Riddler really be that compelling for that long? I don't know. I don't know either. But, I, I mean, know. again, as we kind of talk about the way, if you do a character right, there's a reason Daredevil Season 3 was so good and they barely had new characters. Okay, yeah. Well, and I don't think that anybody in this movie is going to do a bad job. I'm on the record of saying Robert Pattinson is a spectacular actor if he's used right. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in a couple of different things where he has been amazing. And they were not Twilight. So, I mean, I'm here for him as an actor. I'd love to see what he does with it, but fuck, that's a long runtime. Yeah. It's an incredibly long runtime. That is a really long runtime. So. Well, and Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman, huh? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's something I'm kind of here for. I'm, she, I'm not against it. She, I mean, first of all, Zoe Kravitz, clearly a babe. Um, do you think that Zoe Kravitz can be a continual, like, love interest um, in multiples of these, of this iteration of Batman, at least? Um, at least keep it going. I think as she could. To, I think she could. I think she could keep it going. I don't. I, it all depends on how she's written. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman was visually spectacular, but man, they did not write her well. They didn't write her well. They didn't write Halle Berry's Catwoman well. They did not at all. <laughs> they didn't and write Hathaway's well. they did. And Hathaway's was more in line with an actual Catwoman. Yeah, hers wasn't shabby. So. Not um, the slightest. Kind of depends on how they write it, how they do it. Yeah. Now, I appreciate that in the newer iterations of the comics, there's been implications that Batman went down on Catwoman, and I'm here for it. So, <clears throat> I wonder if they're going to roll with that in this. If they're just going to, I mean, it's not rated R. They did rate it. It's PG-13. Of course. Um, well, it was I mean, real yeah. close to being rated R, though, I heard. I'm sure. They had to pull some punches, I guess. I'm sure. Not, I that, mean, that's... not that this, not that Battinson will, because, no. I mean, in the very first preview... Show him straight up wailing on a guy. He takes him down. He just keeps punching. He just keeps punching. He yep. doesn't stop. Yep. Battinson has a lot of pent up anger being associated with Edward Cullen of Twilight. And he has to get it out. <laughs> I guess. Uh, he has to get it out. <laughs> now I'm, I'm hoping that they do some uh, explanation into his uh, armor. Yes. Because some of the stuff I saw in the previews, I was like, okay, they're not playing it quite as close as, uh what's the fuck year one no um mm -hmm. fuck nolan 
Yes. Christopher Nolan. Yes. He was playing it like this is real world. This yes. this is a Batman in a real world. This is a Batman villain in yes. a real world. I hope they're not doing that here. I hope they're like, you know what? This is a comic book universe. This is a comic book world. But they keep it explainable to to a certain degree. To a certain degree. Like well, there's I a... saw in the preview that he was taking some bullets. Mm-hmm. And he was not reacting like he had been taking bullets. Right. Well, they were deflecting off of him. They were deflecting off of him. Yes. He was shaking. He was and that's kind of the thing Vulcan. is that um, even if you're bulletproof, even if you're wearing bulletproof armor, a gunshot still is packing quite a bit of a punch. True. So if you get shot in bulletproof vest, you will still feel like you got hit by a truck. Well, I think he's wearing some kind of deflective metal over the top well, of the vest. What I'm thinking is that he's the uh, vest is also springy, has a little bit of give on it. Yeah, yeah. So that it can absorb and redirect some of that force. Well, you know, if we're being honest here, um, Bruce Wayne can afford it. Right. You know, here's what my favorite aspect of this this new one is and it, it kind of lines up with what you were talking about you know the the potential of the the movie and whether or not it'd be real there if it's more comic book oriented um catwoman doesn't look like a cat nope so that's pretty straightforward in my opinion for the way they're going with it but for all we know that's going to be a little reveal at the end where she's you know going to be dressed like a cat and he'll go well and he'll go really and she'll go well if you're gonna look like a bat well and i'm his, historically Catwoman in the comics really didn't dress like a cat. I mean, it's aside from certain periods where it was sure, like and there's cat super ears and there's, campy you know. type stuff, but typically it was she was a cat burglar. She wore a cat suit because it was more aerodynamic and everything. And then when she had her goggles up on her head, they looked like cat ears. Led to Catwoman. Yes, that was kind of the impetus, and oh. so and they all kind of touch. I yeah. guess that makes sense. So, but I'm I'm. That one picture you had up of the two of them side by side, Batman versus side Catwoman. No. Yeah. No. Up in the red and the blue. Oh, that, there one, you yeah, go, yeah, that yeah. one. I'm really looking forward to seeing that Batman because that looks like a billionaire dressing up as a crime fighter. True. All right. The yeah. guy does not look jacked. He does not look beefy. He yeah. looks like he has spent a fortune on that outfit <laughs> to make him so fucking hardcore. You're not wrong. So. I like that. Mm-hmm. I and in the same way that I appreciated Batfleck because, let's face it, Ben Affleck got fucking jacked for that role. The dude he got looked beefy. Jacked, yeah, the dude looked beefy. I mean, not that Robert Pattinson didn't get jacked in any way. Like he's he bulked up for this. Too, oh, absolutely, a little bit, but certainly not fucking Batfleck jacked. No, no, because Bat, Batfleck yeah. jacked was like. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Batfleck I'm surprised is still talking didn't. about CrossFit. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's flipping tires, getting ready for the fucking aliens to come. It'll be... I think that's a really good thing, yeah. um, um, you know, to at least separate them. And that's probably something they know. Yeah. I'm okay with the runtime, purely because... I do know now know the theme of it. Now, we kind of always saw that, like, it was going to be more of, like, a serial killer kind of thing that's going to be a lot more of a batman needs to hunt down a serial killer it is clearly intentionally more gritty right and it also the director matt reeves whose last projects was the uh the newest planet of the apes trilogy okay this gives me hope 
I already really like that fucking trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because Dawn of the Planet or Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the second one. Yeah. Third one was just as good. First one was you know uh, you know a p- completely uh, perfect prequel. Uh, um, the first one was was your fellowship. Yes. That was a total set the stage. This is what we're in for. This is what's going yeah. to happen. But then, oh man, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, so that just. Fucking good. Raise the bar so so fucking fucking high on that. Compelling villains. Here we are again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's good work. So based purely on the fact that they were able to pull that off the way they did, it I think it was it was Oh yeah. Um and that again gives me gives me hope as well because they wouldn't just they wouldn't just bring someone on and just do, you know, fuck all with the Batmans. They need to be able to make a product they know will not tank Batman and while people can argue you can put Batman on anything. You put Batman on something, it's gonna sell. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I still think that after specifically after the Justice League trilogy we got or the Justice yeah which is Man of Steel, um, Batman versus Superman and then Justice League, um, I'm beginning to think that they were really afraid of their mileage on Batman with this many iterations. Um, the new iteration of Batman and Justice League not being like incredibly well received. Not, right. not flawlessly like this is no Avengers. This is no Endgame. You know what I mean? Right. And then going into that, I think they made the right move to hire a director who's clearly great at what he does. I don't know if he wrote the script. He probably, you know, every director has has a heavy hand in storytelling somehow. But then um, if you're going to rehash it, you better be on your fucking A game because everyone's skeptical. Every single time there's going to be a rehashing, which mm-hmm. includes this one. Um, which was what we thought when we heard that Spider-Man was getting recasted. Yeah. You know, we were like, really, another Spider-Man? Well, I guess if he's coming to Marvel, then we'll watch him, but, right. you know. It's really, um, I feel like they're doing it the right way, and especially if they can have a two-hour and 55-minute runtime, I think they're aware. They've probably shown it to test audiences already. It's out March 4th. That's in, you know, less than two months. Yeah, I think they know they have a winner on their hands. I think so. To have the guts to make a three-hour Batman rehash movie, <laughs> the Batman, uh, Batman Four. This time it's, it's war. Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> Batman <time> Four, <laughs> Pattinson War. Okay, because uh, we're on Batman number nine. We're on Catwoman number four. I went to. We're on. Penguin number two, Riddler number two. Uh, How many times can you keep doing this? But is this going to be a good movie outside of the fact that it is a Batman movie? I think it will be. I think it will be. And that's what they're banking on, and that's what we can pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. let's face it. I'm going to watch it. I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see it in it's, the theater yeah, at least absolutely. twice. I'm going to buy it yeah. on fucking Blu-ray, even if I hate yeah. it. This is going well, to what does your wife think of long movies? She don't mind them as long as they're compelling. Yeah, they're, as long know. as it doesn't feel like three hours. Right. That's a big thing. Yeah. Endgame did not feel like fucking three hours. No. It still doesn't. No. That's Anytime you watch it, it does not feel like three hours. Right. I just uh, The only thing that has me worried about all this is that the main success to a 22 movie arc in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was one guy. Kevin Feige was tying the whole thing together. And he was 
he had his hands in every script. He had his hands in every project, and he was keeping it in a line. Yes. And there is one thing that has made all of these Marvel properties in the MCU very, very profitable and very, very even keel, and that is their focus on heroes, but their focus on those heroes' flaws. And that's... So each one of these movies is based on the heroes' failures, flaws, and fears. Every single one of the Marvel MCU movies. That's just how it is. DC's strong point has always been the villains. Mm -hmm. The villains are a reflection of the heroes. The best... The best of the DC movies are like that. And the worst get away from it. There is no one singular voice tying them all. And for a while there, I was really, really hopeful that they would do that with Zack Snyder. And just have, you know, even if Zack Snyder wasn't directing, at least if he was the tying together voice throughout all of them. And said, this is our underlying theme to every one of your movies. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I know that they were attempting to do that with Jeff Johns. I don't know how far they got with that. They clearly didn't. <laughs> I mean. So, I mean, if they would just find that one voice to carry it and stick with it no matter what. Yeah. Then they could have a DCEU. They that really would could. Just, that would hold its own with the MCU. Yes. But they've got to have that one voice throughout, and it's got to be that consistent voice. That's true. That's mine. That's my two cents on it. I mean, one of these days, DC will give it another crack. I'm sure they will. Whole new cast, get everyone back in line, and we'll do some kind of DC universe. Unfortunately, I would have liked for it to be the one with Jason Momoa as Aquaman. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You know, as Ramiller, as The Flash. But I'm sure we'll see it one day where they, you know, do their attempt at making, you know, the MCU its own big. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you guys are finally ready to, like, crack down and get serious, um, DC, Warner Brothers, HBO, you know, you guys, I'm available. I'm he, not under contract. He is a massive uh, I am DCU a massive fan. DC fan. I am, I've read so much DC. Yeah. Call me. He knows Superman through and through. It could be real good. Yeah. Be good times. So that was an hour and a half. Holy fuck. And then some. Yeah. Let's stop this and record a video game episode. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Thank you for coming here to listen to us to talk about Batman for a half an hour. <laughs> hey, it's a it new movie. That's Damn what they're here for. That's what they're here there for. There have Let's been be nine. Nine. Listen, nine of them. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is Excitement Inc. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. Give us a little bit of money. Maybe we'll get a better camera. Maybe I'll get a bat suit. Hashtag nine Batmans. Nine Batmans. Nine of them. Nine fucking Batmans. Shout out. It's shout out time because out. we uh, couldn't do a, a, a Patreon without you guys. Yes. And, well, you know, this is the first batch. We've done a soft launch, so um, there's not a lot to do. So right. we'll do our shout outs now. Yes. Um, are you going to yell? Did you want to do this from over there? Should I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't blow out the microphone. Shut up. <laughs> um, there we go. I'll just lean far the fuck away. Which like it's up to you, anyways. Yes. <clears throat> Without our Patreons, the show wouldn't be possible. Right. So thank you. What is Adam's last name? I'm not looked this up at all. I need to. I need to go to. Patreon. I didn't even I know to to that I was gonna go for Patreon. last names. Oh.
I was just going to say, you know, thank you to Taylor for being inherently better. Well, what if we get better, better ones, though? You know what I mean? That's the thing. And the next part is, see, it says Adam D. Okay, so I can just say, um, I can just say, okay, cool. So he didn't even give us the whole last name, which I know it's long in Italian. So it's probably better because I don't know that I could pronounce it. Okay. I mean, so anyways, Adam D. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Taylor, for just being inherently better than others at your tier. It is, it is a, you know, a big donation when you do more than others and you put in more effort and that's what makes you better than everyone. You put in more, you, you want it more. You wanted it. You wanted to go hard. You went hard and we appreciate that. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. But not as to much a more, as Taylor. but lesser extent. He literally donates more. Yes. But he's not on the but big he, shot. He didn't go. He didn't go side. big shot. He, he didn't go, go big shot. shot on that. That's so. the big deal. About that is that is the big honking deal. Listen, Adam. It's not that we don't appreciate you. It's that you're not as good as Taylor. Yeah. So if you want to hear your name in these shout outs, go ahead and go to our Patreon. And uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. There you go. 